You're listening to an iFanboy special edition T2 Train Spotting. Welcome to a special edition of iFanboy. We're going a bit rogue here. I'm Ron Richards, and with me is Josh Flanagan. <laughs> I mean, I know it's not about a comic book. Right, no, we, we're clearing this up that it's not about a comic book, although it's comical. But uh, uh, after seeing the sequel to Train Spotting, uh, T2 Train Spotting, uh, we both felt that we just needed to talk about it. <laughs> and it turns out we have this platform. Right, so. There you go. You may never hear this, but if you do, we hope you enjoy it as, as you listen to <laughs> two aging hipsters come to grips with getting old. <laughs> and, what, and what a show for it. Yes. So, so to, to catch up for those who might know, know what we're talking about, uh, T2 Train Spotting uh, just recently came out in theaters, directed by Danny Boyle, uh, with a screenplay written by John Hodge, uh, based on the writings of Irvine Welsh, uh, the books Train Spotting and Porno. Um, and it is the sequel to Train Spotting, which originally came out in 1996. Six. Yes. Yep. Uh, and you might remember Train Spotting as being an early Ewan McGregor vehicle, as well as Johnny Lee Miller and Robert Carlyle, who've all gone on to have great careers. Uh, what's the the Big Monty with Robert Carlyle and yep. Johnny Lee Miller in, in the Elementary, uh, and Ewan McGregor, of course, Obi Wan Kenobi. I just it's I, again, I, it's Ewan. <laughs> And I forgot that this was a thing that you couldn't do. But there's two Ewans in this movie, so I want to make sure. Ewan and Ewan, right. Yeah. Um, Ewan Bremner had a probably a 10 to 12-year career of being the uh, under, uh, not understandable buffoon. Right, yes. And thanks. Spud. Um, but yeah, so uh, Train Spotting 1996 was the movie about heroin, or at least that was how it was marketed. Uh, but it actually was possibly, I will argue, one of the most important movies to me of the 1990s. I, I, I was thinking this as I walked out, and this is like I, I thought, oh no, I'm the kind of person who thinks that movie was really important to me. Yep. But it was. Yeah. And the reason it was, and you, like you know the thing that was going around Facebook where it was like list your favorite movie movie from every year you've been alive. Right. Um, I started to do it, but it takes forever because I'm old. And, <laughs> and, like and, and also that is a stupid exercise. But uh, anyway, oh, neither totally here nor there. But it was actually kind of fun to like look through the things. But anyway, when I got to 96, I was like, oh, it's train spotting. Like there was no yeah. there was no doubt about it. For me, that was like the first indie movie that I went to, indie foreign movie that I went to see in a theater when I got to college. Exactly. So like for, for me at least, I had gotten into, there was an art house cinema in my, in the town next to my hometown yeah. that I started going to in high school. Like I saw Clerks there in its first theatrical run. Um, you know, I saw uh, Backbeat. Do you remember that movie? The, the, I do. Yeah, the Beatles and Hammer. I saw it in the theaters. Um, right. So I, I was already into kind of the, the independent movie kind of stuff. But then when we got to college, that we, we were lucky enough to go to a college that had like two art house theaters. We had, yeah, plus, uh, we had, we yeah. had Fall Creek and Cinemopolis, right? And, and then also you had Cornell. Oh, yeah, and Cornell. We have fuck Cornell. But anyway. Cornell, um, I saw a ton of great stuff there. Yeah, no, true. Yeah, me too. But, um, but yeah, but it was really kind of, a, it was our freshman year. It was of the moment. And it, um, like, neither, neither of us have taken heroin that I know of. I haven't. Um, <laughs> um, I wouldn't necessarily say that I relate to the material, but for some reason, this movie just really stuck as a a, a tentpole of the mid '90s. You know, and, um, and and also like it's one that that um, 
a lot of movies from that time that I watched, and I was like, oh my god, I loved it. It was amazing. I've watched this movie a lot of times since then. Not all, not all the time, but every time I watch it, it's better than I remember. It aged extremely well, just right, because. Right. I mean, this was also Danny Boyle's sort of big debut, certainly second, to Americans. Second, second to Americans. Movie. Yeah, it was his second movie. His first being Shallow Grave, which many people think is his best movie to date. But that's, that's another conversation. But it's, it um, isn't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but um, but uh, yeah, this is I actually well, I, I found out people really don't like him. But anyway, um, real because I mean, like he's a guy like I don't like everything he's ever done. Yeah. But the things that I have, like, I'm gonna go with like two thirds on that. Like, I'm a, I, like, he's a goddamn British treasure. Yeah, he is. No, but I read I read some reviews of Trainspotting too, where, where like the 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 reviewers went out of their way to talk about how much they hate him, and I was like, wow. Huh. Anyway, but neither here nor there. Um, at least for me, Trainspotting also represented a moment in time uh, musically. Sure. Because the the soundtrack was an amazing mix. It was like, you know, it was this wave of British pop. You know, like Blur and Elastica and Republica, but also like Lou Reed and Iggy Pop. Yeah, it was and like, like uh, that. Yeah, it was American a- stuff from like the 70s. That would would have just made its way to Scotland, I guess, at that point. Right, yeah, and, and us as idiot teenagers in college yeah. didn't quite – like at, at the point when Transpotting came out, I couldn't tell you how important Iggy Pop and the Stooges were. You yeah. know, but but this movie helped me find that out just through Lust for Life. Sure. Um, and so like that that's an important point for that. But that's such, that's Transpotting. Then for years – so then after Transpotting came out, Irvine Welsh came out with the sequel book Porno. And I remember when that came out, everybody said it was awful. And I didn't even read it. I didn't, you know. And then, but for years there were rumblings of them doing a sequel to Train Spotting. And every time it came up in the news or I saw someone talking about it, I kind of winced and groaned. <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, I don't want that. Don't do, you know. And then the the rumor was is that Ewan, uh, uh, Ewan, what, what am I saying? It Ewan. Ewan. It's Ewan, not just with Ewan, a Y. Ewan McGregor, Ewan McGregor, and Danny Boyle weren't on good terms, and so without without McGregor, they wouldn't do the movie and all the stuff. But then they reconciled, and then. And it seems as if they got their shit together very quickly. They shot it a year ago, March 2016, and now it's out. Um, it like came together very quickly. And you know when it, it premiered in the UK before it premiered here in the US, and I, I avoided hearing what it was about. And then I was like, you know, I'm going to go see this. And went to go see it as soon as it was available, as soon as it was playing in New York. And as I came out of the movie... I was like, I got, I got to talk to somebody about this, and I, and, I think I texted you, and I'm like, Josh, you yeah. got to see this. Which, and, which, I, I mean, like, I was as ex- I was more excited about this coming out than than any of these other, like the, the nerd movies that come yeah, out. Like yeah. this for me, I was, I was like, oh, and I didn't want to know anything about it. There was that really great teaser, and I watched that, and that was enough. And uh, but the thing was, I didn't realize that like it wasn't playing anywhere. Yeah, well, because which is a, weird. It opened in a limited release first, and it's opening wide um, on the th- on, it opened wide on March thirty first. So um, okay, okay, yeah. So I, had, so, to, I so, had to make a trip. Yeah, like it was a thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm impressed. On it when you texted. So then, so what happened was that I said, Josh, you've got to see this. And then what happened to me at least was days after seeing the movie, I couldn't stop thinking about it. Like mm-hmm. I, I've been, I've been just processing and thinking about it. I, find, I had dinner with uh, friends on Friday night, and who, who I one of the reasons why I wanted to hang out with them was because I knew they had seen it, so I could talk to somebody about it. Mm-hmm. And then out of the blue tonight, I get a text from Mr. Flanagan. 
that I just <laughs> that you just saw T two and we need to talk. And so we said, <laughs> no, the credits were rolling. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. No, I had to, like I had to drive back from Boston. Like yeah. it was. Yeah. I, I had a whole special trip. Yeah. So 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 here, I'm impressed you went to Boston to see it. Wow. So uh, so here we are, uh, ready to parse and discuss T two train spotting. And uh, well, let's start off with Josh. Why don't you read to me your text that you wrote to me uh, in the in the, from the theater? Just finished T2. Holy fuck. If I watch a movie that's better than that this year, I'll be amazed. And for some reason, there's a capital Z, but I don't think that matters. <laughs> so I was just explaining it to my wife when I got back because she loves when I do that. <laughs> Explain to her what was great about a movie she didn't see <laughs> and doesn't care about. No, but I mean, so basically what you've got is you've got the characters who are all the same people. Yep. Um, 20 years later, they are really 20 years older and it's 20 years later for them and for us and for everybody. Yep. And, and Renton goes home, you know, for the first time. And so he's looking around and he's seeing images of the past, meaning pieces of film up from him from 20 years ago. And there's this strange, um, nostalgia, ennui, sadness, but, uh, but also like, oh, there was some good about that all at the same time. And it makes you feel odd and displaced. And, and like, I've been feeling that lately i've gone back to places that i was in 20 years ago and so that feeling to me was incredibly immediate and and then they would do other things throughout the course of the movie which would be to replicate shots from the first one yep um some of them are pretty obvious others were not it's just that i was pretty familiar with the the, there there was some real subtle visual language in here like so so what what got me the most about this movie was that and a lot and i feel like a lot of reviewers got it wrong because a lot of reviewers chalked it up to you know, going back to the well, to trying to relive glory days, to old, old, old yeah, old men trying to you know recapture their youth, and that that they didn't they missed it, they missed the point. And what happened was, what got me was that the the echoes of a life previous, like yes. you know, like so Mark Renton, uh, Ewan McGregor's character. Um, uh, walking around, walking around, you know, it's all stomping arms in Edinburgh, and you just hear the echo of that of Underworld, Born Slippy, like the doon doon doon, you know, like the, you know, yep. just the echo of it, and like it was so incredibly poignant because we all know exactly what that means, and you mm-hmm. know, without showing what he's thinking, you know exactly what he's thinking and feeling, and it it it, it made my chest feel hollow, like it was a it was a it was so visceral, um, and, and it probably has something very much to do with us, you know, that we're getting older and dealing with similar okay, kind of absolutely. I mean, yeah, no, yeah, like yeah. I, I went like uh, a few months ago, like I stopped in the town where we went to college. I hadn't been there in 20 years. It felt exactly like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was like the look on his face, which is like, is this really all happened? Yeah. What do I do now? What do I think about that? And that's exactly I mean, it, it was exactly the same. And so, and so now from there, what's interesting is that so he, you know, kind of reunites with his friends who, if you remember the first Train Spotting movie, he had fucked over at the end of the movie. Um, and he's kind of, he's dealing with that. And, you know, his, you know, the uh, Spud who we mentioned earlier, who you can't understand a word he's saying, unfortunately, is still addicted to heroin. And, uh, uh, sick boy played by Johnny Lee Miller is you know has inherited his family's pub that is in the middle of a dump it seems like a, a, a horrible part of town and is you know and con- still continuing to do 
shitty underworld wannabe scams. You know, like his latest thing is he's secretly videotaping people with a uh, with a, a prostitute and blackmailing them for money. You know, while, all the while being addicted to cocaine. Um, and then, of course, the last piece of the puzzle is Robert Carlyle's Begbie, who who uh, orchestrates his prison break. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so now they're all back in Edinburgh. And now Mark Renton comes back, and it's kind of coming home to roost. And it. And the movie then picks up the same episodic quality of the first movie in that it sets the stage, all the players get on board, and then little mini episodes happen within the, within the rest of the movie. And it's all got echoes, like I said, of the past and echoes of what they're doing, but they're old. They're 45 now. And, and you can read it on their faces. Yes. And, and that's why it's not a look at look the revisiting the glory days. Exactly. And like and like what what I thought was amazing was just like the little touches in that where you know like so Spud um you know has a, has a, a son and is estranged from his wife and and the son because he's a junkie and can't get his shit together and just every time that even gets referred to the pain on his face. Right of like of like hmm. I, I'm aware you like you wonder why he would stay on heroin, but you like you get the sense that oh yeah this is the horrible vicious cycle that he wants to get off it, but he sees what it's done to his life, so he goes back to it, you know, and and just like the the pain of that, and then somebody like Sick Boy who clearly is you know hasn't moved on, and they they there's one scene that really struck me was that when um, Sick Boy and Renton are hanging out in his apartment and they're they're plotting what they're gonna do, um, and Sick Boy's in the bathroom and they show him bleaching his hair. And I, was, I, just, I have to take a moment here. Why? He still look, he still looks cool as hell. Well, yeah, no, he still looks cool as hell. But the the image of this forty five year old man yeah, applying bleach yeah, to yeah. his hair was just so unbelievably sad. You yeah. know, and like to see what he's doing to keep up this image of him being you know cooler than fuck and and you know and and all that sort of stuff. And you get and you just kind of seeing behind the curtain. And it's just like and like it was it's such a subtle way to do it. And they never acknowledged it. That's he never a really good you know point. He, yeah just really it's just like that image alone because your first thought is like oh that's he's that's not cool at all. And you're like oh fuck he's not cool. Here's this guy I spent the past twenty years thinking he was cool as hell, and it's a sham. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it just, oh god, this just, this just hit me on multiple levels, and it's just, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the whole time, like, it's interesting because, again, if you're very familiar with the first movie, and also the people, like, the, like the actual actors, um, you spend the whole time looking at them, and then they show you them young, and then they go back, and like, you yep. and McGregor doesn't look that bad or that old or anything. He looks great, Boy, actually, he, of all of them. <laughs> no, he totally does, you know, but he just looks old. Yep. And and it's. Really, it, it was really fascinating to do. And the other thing is that, like, so you McGregor's not a great actor. Like, I like him a lot. I spent a lot of time, like, uh, I watched his uh, his the motorcycle yep. uh, documentary where he drives. I watched both of them all the way through. Like, he's like a good guy. And 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 for years, I tried to be a big fan of his work. Yeah. But like, he's not a great actor. Oh, I love him. I think no, I, I love him too. I do too. But he has charisma. But there's lots of things where he's in movies and I'm like, I'm just looking at you, McGregor. Like, I'm not seeing anything else. But the second that this movie started. Oh, he's Renton. I know. And, yeah. and whatever he was that he to watch him actually transform into that guy and, and play a role better than anything else. Like you watch him in Star Wars and it was fun and whatever. Him, not the movie. But, <laughs> you know, but he's, you know, it, you're aware that it's him doing uh, Alec, Alec Guinness, right? Like you and and other things, like his accent always slips when he tries to do him. He's a bad, he's got a bad American accent. That's a big part of it. Um, but in this, like, literally the way that he walked, it wasn't just Renton from then. It was Renton now. Yep. In a really, I, I thought I was. It was really wonderful acting yep. uh, in that sense. 
uh, and they all did that to a certain extent. It was most obvious to me with Ewan McGregor. We, we've seen him so much more than everybody else. Right, right. Um, you really inhabited that world. Yeah, and 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 what what I thought was just great about this was, like you said, like they they combined footage from the first movie with this with this movie in the form of flashbacks, in the form of echoes, in the form of memories. Mm-hmm. But then they also introduced flashbacks to that all of them as children. Mm-hmm. Which I felt was even more poignant, which is really, you know, being emotionally manipulative, but, you know, driving home the bond that this group of friends have, you know, going back all these years, like the shots of the, like the home movies of Renton and Sick Boy in this pub, yeah. and they are now the only people in, you know, like, and it's just like, oh, wow. And, you know, and it really, it preyed on sentimentality and nostalgia, but it even called it out in the movie. Like it, 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 you know, there's one, there's one point when Renton and Sick Boy are, are talking and going over whatever, and Sick Boy chastises Renton for, you know, for giving into his nostalgia and all this sort of stuff. I'm like, so it's aware of it, you know, but it's, it doesn't, it doesn't feel the like you all. I feel like you, you hold, you hold, you know, me to the fire more often than anybody in terms of, you know, like, do you like this just because you remember liking it or because it's actually good? Right, and I feel like, and I feel like that. I'm a great friend. Obviously, you are a great friend. No, no, you are because because I feel like that is at the crux of this. Well, this is like the thing is what we experience in our world of talking about comic books and bullshit that's comic book related is is a form of nostalgia, but really it's product marketing (laughs) for the most part. This is the act. This is what nostalgia actually. This is what Don Draper was talking about with the carousel. Yeah, like this is a, a nostalgia of what it was before and for anybody involved in the movie they understand what it is to look at this thing that they did 20 years ago the same way that we know what it was like to watch this thing 20 years ago and and you think about that time that's passed and the difference now you feel the same but you feel different and you know how to feel about that and Renton says something at one point when he admits to to Simon um what his life is actually like now you know and he's like I don't know what to do now and I was like I had that hit on me too like that worked um in, in, well, cause, which cause, was the yeah, feeling through the whole well, thing. Well, yeah, because the iron, the irony of that is that you know, like the 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 joke uh, of the first movie that continues on in this movie, or the thing that you know, kind of train spotting was always connected with, was was uh, Renton's whole choose life speech. You know, was the whole the idea of you know, like in the first tra- train spotting, they're making you know, there was the anti drug campaign in the UK. I did not know that was a commercial. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The, so, the, which is funny because now it has that much more. Imagine if you were able to connect with it back in nineteen ninety six. Yeah. No. Would have would have totally yeah. worked. But yeah. So. That, that whole thing was, you know, in, in reaction to an anti-drug campaign in the UK where instead of choosing drugs, you should choose life. And them as heroin addicts were using that as a punchline, you know, as say, you know, and, and you get the whole, you know, kind of, you know, and, and making them making fun of, you know, it almost reminds me of, you know, another movie close to our hearts, Goodfellas, where, you know, mm-hmm. these schnooks who are living a normal life, we're choosing life because we're doing all this kind of crazy stuff, whatever. And what it has now happened is that McGregor, you know McGregor Renton gets out at the end of the first movie and then chooses life. He he moves to Amsterdam. He gets a degree in accounting. He gets a job at a software company. He find, has a wife, you know, and like does the whole thing, and it doesn't work. And he ends up back where he started twenty years later. And like you said, he doesn't know what he's doing. And 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 that's why it's that much more. It's it's easier to understand why he would slip back into what he had done because he he did the right thing and it, it still left him empty inside. And you got to wonder. And what. he spent so much time thinking about what bullshit it all was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and, and like to, like when you talk about the choose life and they they explain the joke. That's another example of something that should not work. Yep. 
and and yeah, so he explains the joke, and then he then gives it contemporary contextualization, where he makes fun of now. Choose Snapchat. Choose Facebook. Choose you know uh, you know stupid status updates that give you that they give you a false sense of communication and all that sort of stuff. He's aware of the world that he lives in, but he's still at 45, 46, making fun of it because he thinks he's smarter than all that. But he's got nothing because he's they've never moved on. You know, mm-hmm. emotionally, they've never moved on. And I feel like what, you know, what this movie was, was that like, you know, having Renton come back and face the music for what he did to them and having the violence with, with Begbie and having, you know, like, you know, kind of picking up the pieces of their friendships. That's what they all needed to do in order to move on. And, you know, it leaves, it leaves, at least the movie ends, you know, I, I do have a problem with the very, very ending, um, but I feel as if it ends of all people with Spud with a sense of, okay, this now this chapter is over and now I can move on I can move forward mm-hmm. and it kind of left me kind of optimistic my only my only complaint about the end of the movie is that so what happens is that during the movie the prostitute who's sick boy's kind of girlfriend finds out that Spud has a great storytelling capability and encourages him to write and he starts writing all the stories of all their life stuff and then at the end of the movie he's put all the papers together he's sitting with his estranged wife or mother of his son and she reads it and you're like, oh, wow, okay, he's going to be a writer. And then she just looks at him and says, I think I've got a name for the book. And I was like, oh, I wish they hadn't said that. Because you know what the next line was? And we were all train spotting. And didn't I just say didn't it, need it. I didn't need it. No, no, but she, yeah, should, no. she shouldn't have even said I know of a title. She just, it should have, it should just ended with her looking at him and that's it. You know, like, but that's my only complaint. Have you read the book? No, I have not. I don't think I ever have. I, I get it mixed up. I know that like I read A Clockwork Orange and I bought that and Trainspotting. You know, I think I ever f- started Trainspotting. But I, I like the idea because I believe it's written. Well, yeah, no, I, li- I like the idea too. I just wish she hadn't said it. That's all. It was just a little more sense of obvious than I wanted. But, I, you know, and also I go, also going back to the topic of Trainspotting, I like that they gave us the flashback to them in the train station that we didn't see in the first movie that explains the title and gives mm-hmm. context to Begbie. Like I thought that was, you know, because Begbie was this force of nature in the first movie, and and then you really understood who he was in this movie. And 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 I feel like there were other things. What I, I think is this is the point to really sort of bring up. Like, yeah, Begbie is all time top five villain. Yes, I mean he really like he is. I watch this and I go, oh, I remember how terrifying he is yeah. in in a very real sense of like he's this person in your life, if he was in your life that that like you can't escape. Yep. And you have to deal with them. And then, they, and again, in, in that echo fashion, they keep doing it over and over again, both visually and, but having like him walk into that room with Spud and, and Spud being genuinely scared. I believe there was another thing like that where, where he was feeling th- th- threatened by him in the first movie. Yep. And that, like, I can't escape from this. I can't do anything. I can't get away from him. And he has no morale. There's nothing, there's nothing to reason with. It's the shark, you yep. know, in Jaws. And, uh, I, I I was just remembering what an what an amazing villain. I mean, like Darth Vader level villain. Yeah. Uh, but more scary, and 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 he captured it again perfectly. And like, Carlisle is a, a perfectly fine actor, yeah. but almost unfortunately, he was so good in the first thing that I ever saw him in that. You know, that's what it is. It pales in comparison, yeah. And, and, it does. And, and he was great in the Full Monty, and, and totally. he's been great in other stuff. He was on Once Upon a Time, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's he's had a good career, but like he he, he, he will and always be he will and always be Begbie. And it's just it's that scene in the pub when he throws the pike when he throws the glass over the rail, the, and then but the <laughs> but the the twist in that was him enjoying hearing it. Yeah, yeah. and I thought that was really interesting and. 
and like sort of like is he seeing himself as a hero or not like and you know that was great i remember that and then the way that 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 scene yo-yoed and you thought oh spud's gonna be okay he's not gonna be okay like you 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 never knew right and i think that's what the feeling is like with with that character and and did it did it bug you that it bugged me that they subtitled them in the beginning a little bit, even though it was like stylish subtitles. I, I, subtitle. I, I read I read I don't know if it's true or not, but my, but I read and maybe somebody listening will correct us. But I I thought I read that the subtitles were added for the American release. I, that's what I, I figured because we're idiots. Because it wasn't every sentence. Yeah, well, yeah, no, exactly. Just the really hard, the really <laughs> yeah, fast, hard a, to understand ones. But that's a very thick accent. And, but and, and I remember watching the first movie and and walking out with everybody else and and all the, like whatever the people I went with were like I didn't understand a word of that and I was like. I understood every word of that. Like, yeah. Was, yeah, no, it's funny because I think knowing, you know, I, I've, I've been lucky enough to meet several mm-hmm. Scottish people and, and and it clicked at one point. Yeah. And I, and once it clicks, then you don't need to worry about it again. So, yeah, yeah but, um, yeah, the stylist captioning was kind of annoying. Well, how did you feel about Spud's boxing interlude? Uh, I guess it didn't need to be there if I'm going back on it, but it's there, a step on the road to – him replacing heroin with something. Well, yeah, there was a, there's uh, to explain that there's a he got punched. A, there, there's a moment there's a moment in the movie when when uh, Renton and takes Spud to, he saves Spud from overdosing and trying to kill himself, which I thought was a great scene too. You know mm-hmm. the, the 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 visual of him falling from the top of the building like that was very echoing of the first movie. You know, falling into the carpet and that sort of thing. But um, you know, and so Renton in an attempt to save Spud takes him out running, and he says, you know, it, which is ironic because they're running in the first movie because they're stealing. Right? Right. It was you know, <laughs> like that. But um, and and he's telling that Spud, you know, he needs to stop doing heroin and chat, you know, he, but he's addicted. So be addicted to something else like, I don't know, boxing. And so Spud goes to the the, uh, the gym, the boxing gym to give it a shot. And there's a and there's a dorky little like Rocky esque montage with a still, you know, and but the thing was like at the moment in the movie, it was lighthearted enough that I laughed, you know, like, yeah, it was, I, I know, have a problem. with Yeah, because it. it was almost like what's going on in his head. But what I liked about that scene was that he walks out of the boxing gym and that's yeah. another one of those echo moments because it's the road where him and Renton were running from being, you know, after uh, the movie, the opened. first movie. Yeah, the, the, yeah. yeah, exactly. And then, you know, and then, and then and they like, let you live there for a second. It exactly, really was. Yeah. It wasn't hinted at even at all. It was like, this is wh- where it is and what happened. Yeah. And you're going to sit here with us for a second. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, Spud lives in Edinburgh. He probably walks around it all the time. But the fact that Renton came back, like, oh, yeah, this is where this happened. Right. And then that echoes later on when, you know, Begbie is chasing Renton and there's the whole scene in the garage, which I thought was great, which I thought was, yeah. you know, like, you know, well tense. And, you know, Renton jumps on top of a car to get away from him and the car stops short and he falls and he, st- you know, stands back up, his hands on the hood and the exact shot from the iconic original one. But it didn't felt fo- didn't feel forced. Like you said, it's something that shouldn't have worked you that worked. Yeah, no, you saw it coming. Yeah. Like, oh, they're going to do that. Yep. And I'm OK with it because yeah. I should not have been OK with it. Yeah. But I, I don't I, I don't know why I would. He's just—he has a winning smile. I mean, yeah. You got it, like the best smile in movies. Well, there, there's there's that, and then what? I, what might be the best scene in the movie is when uh, Renton and Sick Boy go to rob the uh, the, <laughs> the 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 1690 loyalists, right? The 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 the, the Catholic, the extreme, no, the extreme Protestants of, of Scotland who are celebrating an ancient battle from 1690, and they're. That that for the moment singing performance was I that, that that scene was just hysterical. It was great. I thought um, so. Oh man, it was this is this movie was. I walked out of it feeling that this movie was better than it should have been. Like I I really was expecting the worst, and I couldn't believe how amazing I felt after it. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I think I don't know what to expect. I expected it to be pretty good, but with the idea like it, you know, like 
I don't know if this is a good example, but when they, they did more episodes of Arrested Development, like yeah. it all should have been great, but I was like, I don't think they should have done that. Yep. And like at this point, like I'm I'm putting this up there with, with the great sequels. I mean, yeah. like it really, because of the way that they did it, because they waited 20 years, they got all the same people. You got a filmmaker who was better than he was then, even though he was amazing yep. then. Yep. Uh, and, and they didn't shy away from that stuff. And they... They did it in such a way. And sometimes I often wonder, um, maybe as Americans, the otherness of something that's British is just enough to make it seem like it's deeper than it is. I, I don't know if I'm victim to that sometimes, but it made me think of that a little bit. But, uh, you know, like it, 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 oh, you know what? The other thing, that's what I was going to mention is that um, in the beginning of the movie, when uh, Rank gets back to, to Edinburgh, the sky's light. Yep. And you can see the city, which you never could before because it was always gray and dark and shitty yep. uh, in the first movie. So now you've got – I literally have a light shown on everything as he looks at it. Yeah. Um, and so again, that that felt different. But also you just got a better sense of place yep. where they were as he walks up to his house. I, I didn't really recognize it because it was never shot in that way before. Right. Yep. Yeah. But so as soon as you get inside and you see that staircase and you see that oh, yeah. that, that, that kitchen table that's exactly the same and all that sort and of his, stuff. And his dad was uh, Mormont of the of – the yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which he was—he was the, the same, same actor from the original one. Um, and also, that's a great point. And when Renton goes home, and you know his mother's passed away, you get the sense that his mother's passed away. They never actually say it, but she's missing. You know, and his room is exactly the same way. And he gets back to his room, and he goes and he puts that that Iggy Pop record on, and he puts the needle on the record, and you hear that first beat of Lust for Life, and he immediately stops it. You know, because it's like I can't go back there. That yeah. record was pristine, by the way. Yeah, I know, I know. And that was like, and also, that was like, everything is so there was no noise at all. That's, yeah. it's but, weird that that turntable would be in such good shape, but okay, I'll allow it. Yeah, but you know, I thought that was very, you know, pointed in terms of like starting it and like that's the that beat and that start of Lust for Life is what kicked off the last movie, and mm-hmm. he's not going to let it happen again. And then finally, at the end of the movie, he goes back home and he puts the record on, and he just is an old forty-five-year-old guy dancing in his childhood bedroom. And you know, and like I thought, thought that was a fitting end to the movie. Like it's a hell of an image. Yeah, really great image. How did you feel about the overall the 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 scan? That you know, they get they they get ripped off by the by the prostitute. Like that, you know, like kind of what goes around comes around. Kind of. Yeah, uh, I mean, like I I saw that coming from a while away. Oh. Yeah. You know, like they don't learn like they make bad decisions. They don't learn from their mistakes and they're self destructive. Yeah, yeah. So if there's somebody younger and smarter and like when um Kelly McDonald said she's too young for you, yeah. Oh. That meant a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can't keep up anymore. Not she, she's too young for you to date or sleep with or whatever. And well, I like there, there the, was also the, but there was that was also the reference that she was too young for him. True. Right. right. Yeah. Levels, yeah. levels upon levels. But Multiple like, as you levels, look yeah. back, like, like that right there was the warning that something was going to go wrong. And then when she starts talking about, um, opportunity, what was the other word? It was, um, betrayal and opportunity, yeah. you know, yeah. like, like opportunity I mean, followed by betrayal. That's what's yeah, and, 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 you know, kind of, ran, you know, and, so they're pounding these themes into your head yeah. and it, like it worked with that history repeats itself. It's going to do that thing. You're going to get taken like you got took. Um, yeah. And, you know, he, he, there, there's a, there's a slight nihilism to it where like, and Simon had said something like, you know, I, I don't blame you. Of course you were going to steal from me. Right. You know, which is her, which is, you know, whatever is they're all trying to go after whatever it is they, they can. And, you know, she had, 
they they gave they almost gave her a little moralistic sort of ending, which I thought was maybe a little heavy handed of anything. I don't, mm-hmm. didn't, I don't know if they needed to, but they also alluded to that earlier. Like everything was like set up way in advance and then had a payoff at the end. Yeah. They kept doing that over and over again. It's these circles. So exactly, and that's the thing that was what was supposed to happen. It was yeah, it, was, it had to happen in order to move forward. Like I think mm-hmm. I think so much of this movie was that they were they were all stuck in 1996 for the past 20 years and that the events of this movie is what helped them to move forward. And, you know, and it's really kind of sad because, you know, they, the money that the, the, I think so. I think that's, I think that's how it ended. I mean, I think that the end with Simon and Ren sitting on the couch, like I thought that was them just giving up into like, well, this is what we are. I mean, or, or it could, it could be that, or, or at least saying that this part of our life is now over and now we need to figure out what to do, you know? Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, at least for Spud, I mean, you know, Carl, you know, uh, uh, Begbie goes back to jail, which is, is appropriate. But you know, which means there's a chance for a third. Yeah, no, I don't want, I don't want to revisit. I want to see them at sixty six. Oh God, yeah. Well, you know what they would be? They would be. We Carrie and I talked about this. They would be the old men at the pub, just sitting there drinking, unaffected by anything. Yeah, you know, that's really what they would be. The only idea was mine. <laughs> the only other thing I wanted to highlight was the um, nightclub scene. In the you know you get a, again like Renton goes to the bathroom and he looks in at a toilet stall and for a moment you remember that scene right but then it becomes something completely different where you get possibly one of the funniest scenes of Renton and Begbie in the stalls next to each other realizing that the other person is there like that that I thought was a masterful scene that was great yeah it, it's interesting they actually were, I think that they were referred to that image later um, when uh, Rent is in the um, the mirror room yeah. And he pulls himself up yep. out of the, the through the ceiling, which was the the other side of that toilet shot. Yep. Um, which was I, I like that there were those different echoes of it throughout there. Yeah. Um, b- by the way, if I had another thing that didn't make sense, if if Renton is a uh, full time runner who is trying to not be addicted to heroin, no way Begbie keeps up with him. <laughs> yeah, well, Except but, for the power of rage and or Viagra. I was just gonna say yes. I think he had a little, little, little bit helping him. So yeah. <laughs> so all right. Ugh. Well, so so here we are, two aging hipsters dealing with our mortality. Uh, but I can't think. I honestly, T two train spotting hit all the notes in ways that I didn't think that they were able to be hit. And I, it just yeah. it's it's still more than a week since I've seen it, and I still think about it every day. It's partially because I can't get born slippy out of my head. Yeah, but I think I know what the music's going to be here. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> so, uh, so all in all, Josh, you give it thumbs up. Oh, a huge thumbs up. I mean, yeah. like it's it's like Godfather Two, yeah. Empire Strikes Back kind of sequel. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe even better because it's like a bookend kind of thing. Not better, but you know what I mean. Different, yeah. different kind of thing. I was, I was really, I, I like I said, like I, I'd be shocked if I see a movie I like more than this uh, at the end of the year. That'll be a really good year for movies if that's the case. But yeah. I also recognize that. It might just be my particular bag. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, so you can usually find us over at ifanboy.com where we're talking about comic books and comic book movies and TV shows. Um, and who knows if we'll do another one of these. We might get fired for doing this. We don't care. Um, <laughs> uh, this, this was a moment in time that I think we needed to talk about, Josh. It's very cathartic for me. Hopefully it was for you too. Yeah. I was, I was like, you want to do it tonight? You're like, really? Yeah, now. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, All right. So head over to ifanboy.com where you can catch everything. And until then, choose life. Choose life.